Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, as I start every week, I've got to say again, this has been an exciting week. The only problem is, for the last three years, every week is Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Uh, some nights I try not to talk about him at all, but it's next to impossible. Tonight I'm going to mix it up a little bit because we hear just too much of Donald Trump. Though he is controlling and he is directing our lives at the present time. And we should all be aware of this and should be cautious. Uh, tonight we're going to do a little traveling. We're going to go to uh, Romania, Puerto Rico, Washington, Dallas, Princeton, New York City, Casablanca, and Pearl Harbor. Let me, I'm going to start with Donald Trump, and my first few items will concern Donald Trump. Uh, Trump said today, he said, he's, he's backing away from Giuliani. He didn't say that, but he's backing away from Giuliani. Uh, Giuliani had other clients in, in uh, the Ukraine, and he's suggesting that Giuliani might not have been his attorney because he's going to separate him from the guy. Here's another person, Rudy Giuliani, and he deserves it, though, that is going to be defecated upon by Donald Trump in typical Donald Trump fashion. He cannot be trusted. We were also told today, and this is interesting, uh, that the Intelligence Committee in the House of Representatives is preparing its material and will send its report next week, early next week, to the Judiciary Committee. Now, this is how this thing works, and only because it's hard to understand, I think, the way we set up this, these impeachment things. Uh, the investigative group was the Intelligence Committee. The Judiciary Committee now has to decide, based on the information given them by the Intelligence Committee, where, if there is enough there to charge the president with an impeachable crime, event, whatever way you want to describe it. They decide if there are any impeachable events. If there are, they will outline them, and those will be the charges, if any, against Donald Trump, which will then be sent out to the, onto the Senate for a trial. In the meantime, if any new information comes up, and it's coming up every day, as you can see from the news reports, the Intelligence Committee can still investigate the matter further, just like the police would do in an investigation, and send the additional information on to the House Committee. But you can see the Democrats aren't waiting. They're moving their butts on this, and they're going to move it very fast. Now, Donald and China. Do you notice, or have you noticed in the last two months, the market goes up every week. My God, I can't believe how this market's gone up. And these are not good times. These aren't terrible times, but these are not 20, you know, 2,700, 2,800 uh, market numbers. They're, out of, they're ridiculous. And the way they've been going up, though, I think Trump is playing with the market. He's a smart man. Every time Trump says, we got a deal going with China. We're close now on something. A couple of days, few days, 
the market goes up the next day and the day after. But nothing happens with China. Do you notice nothing has happened with China in the last two months? Uh, and Trump is not making it easy. Trump is trying to break the back of China. He doesn't understand you can't break the back of the Chinese government. He does not understand the oriental mind, the oriental psyche. These people are not going to be broken by this guy, okay? Because while he's saying we're going to make the deal and we're working on it close, uh, what has he done? Hong Kong, he's supporting the uh, the people who are, in effect, revolutionaries. Uh, and that may be the right thing for the United States to do. But in this situation where we're negotiating, and our farmers, you know, they're going bankrupt in the Midwest, companies, manufacturing companies are closing down. We don't hear about these things because he keeps the market going even though there isn't a, a, a strong foundation for it to keep going or structure. Uh, we're having trouble in the South China Sea. Now, that China says, this is ours, the South China Sea. That's the place where they've been building these islands. Where there's nothing, they're building islands in those ocean waters. And they're building those islands to be airports. And they have developed airfields on these that will carry, will carry, not only will carry bombers that can reach the United States, for example. Now, what's Trump doing? He knows we're in provocative times. He's got our warships going into the South China Sea, and China's saying, hey, this is our area, stay the hell out. So Trump keeps breaking their chops. He thinks he's going to break their backs. No way, Jose. They'll break Trump before he breaks them. This is not being un-American. This is understanding. If Trump read or was a student of history, he would know that under these circumstances, the Oriental mind will not capitulate. Which now brings me to a court decision that came down Friday, Friday at 5 o'clock. Uh, a Judge Jackson, uh, she's a federal court judge, decided the case involving Don McCann. He, w he was the consul to the White House. He was he's no longer there. He's in private practice now. He was served with a subpoena to appear before the House Intelligence Committee. And Trump said, you can't go. We have a, uh, you are my attorney. There's an attorney-client relationship here. Uh, also, I am the president, even if there isn't the privilege. I am the president. And there's some kind of uh, an executive protection here that prohibits you from testifying against me. Everything that happens in the White House involving me, you can't talk about to anyone, anytime, place. So, the matter was taken to court, and the judge said, 100-plus pages in her decision, she said, hey, <laughs> he's got to testify, Don McCann, okay, before the House of Representatives, because there is no blanket immunity under the law, okay? She said, presidents are not kings, because only a king would have absolute right to anything but she said, presidents are not king. They are people like everyone else, and they are subject to subpoena, okay? Unless there's a, a proper uh, privilege involved, like attorney-client, which doesn't exist here. Uh, 
and I'll go over this quickly so it's, it's understood. Uh, the White House counsel is not the attorney to the president. He's the attorney, he represents the people of the United States, and his office is in the White House. So there's no attorney-client privilege involved there. And this good Judge Jackson, she said in her opinion, this fact that the president is not a king and he has no blanket immunity to prohibit people who work with him or near him from testifying goes as far back as James Madison and Alexander Hamilton. Would you believe James Madison and Alexander Hamilton? This whole issue has come up once before, I think. It, this is not an issue that people bring up. Like Trump brought it up, you know, oh, he works in the White House, he works near me, uh, he can't testify. Uh, only Trump would think of this. He's delaying, he's delaying, he wants to get closer and closer to this election, uh, and he fears the longer he goes, the better chance he has of winning. He may be right, I don't know. Which brings me to another Donald Trump situation, which has been breaking over the weekend, yesterday especially, okay? And this involves the Navy SEALs. You will recall that a SEAL by the name of Eddie Gallagher, okay, he was uh, charged with war crimes. He was kept in military prison for several months. Then he was tried. He was tried on several charges. He was acquitted on all but one. This is before a military court, not a civilian court. And he had a picture of a 14-year-old, what what, Afghan or Iraqi, whatever country he was in, boy that he had killed with a knife. And he was holding the head up, the body up, the knife in one hand, and in effect saying, look what I did. And you're not supposed to do this, I guess, under military law. And he was found guilty of that. Before there was any sentencing or anything, Trump, pardoned him. Trump has this power of pardon. I don't know if he's using it properly. It's considered absolute, but I know it's, he didn't have blanket immunity. I can't believe he's got blanket power to pardon. But in any event, he pardoned him. Well, Richard Spencer is Secretary of the Navy, and his attitude was President pardons him. That's the president's right. However, I don't consider him a SEAL any longer. He's in the he's in the Navy, but I don't do not consider him a SEAL. And SEALs on the side of their arm, they have what is called the trident pin. It's about two inches by three inches. It's something that they sew on, and it rep- represents them as a SEAL. So when anyone sees them in the public and is aware of this, they look upon these SEALs with pride, as they should, because these are great fighters and warriors on, on our behalf. And uh, he said, fine, he's back, but he's no longer considered a SEAL because he lost the respect of the SEALs with that picture. And he cannot wear the trident pin. Well, you think Donald Trump's going to put up with this? He he told uh, Spencer, the guy can wear the trident pin. Spencer says, no, I don't think it's right. And Spencer uh, submitted a letter of resignation yesterday or today. Uh, now, if you watched a little bit of the television shows today, the news shows, military leaders were on, admirals, generals, and they all said the same thing. Uh, Trump was wrong. Trump was wrong with what he did. Spencer 
was right in resigning, uh, unless he wanted to tolerate what he considered was a wrong order coming coming down to him, uh, because that's the way things are. But he's our president, and he can do what he wants. Don't forget that. He believes he's omnipotent. He does believe he is a king, which now brings me to the United Nations and climate change. A report came out last week. The United Nations put out a very lengthy report, and it was a bleak, the only way to describe it, a bleak report uh, as far as weather is concerned. Uh, They said, in effect, in this report, that drastic action is required required to avoid worse effects of climate change. And the article indicated in many places that the world is behind in dealing with climate change. The world has to catch up, and we must cut, we must drastically cut greenhouse gas emissions, greenhouse gas emissions being the cause of climate change. Well, they also said, and this is a, it was a lengthy report. I only picked a few things out. They also said uh, that you've got to keep certain facts in mind. Why? And they said the reason these things are happening that I'm going to spell out for you now is because of climate change, that we're not dealing with the problem. Uh, devastating hurricanes. Have we ever had so many and so many terrible hurricanes? No. It also, relentless are not relentless wildfires. We're not having them just in California. And it's not because, like Donald Trump said, we don't, Californians don't sweep the ground under the trees to get rid of the twigs. Uh, they're having them in Australia, as bad as we are having them in California. And also, uh, the United Nations said crippling, that's the way to describe it, crippling heat waves. Uh, now, heat waves, are, you know, it's gotten hotter every summer. This was the hottest summer ever. Uh, and we look for rain. There's some states that didn't have any rain for four to six weeks. Uh, and the heat, it gets hotter every day. And, you know, you pick up three degrees, five degrees every year. Eventually, it's going to be 100 plus every day. Number one, old people can't handle that kind of heat. So more and more of them get sick, end up in hospitals, and a lot die. Eventually, a lot of people aren't going to be able to handle the excessive heat. And another problem is going to be air conditioning. We are not going to have enough air conditioning. Our electrical system, our grid systems won't handle the amount of air conditioning that's being required. And I'm not talking about 100 years from now. I'm not even talking about 20 years from now. Within 10 years, we're going to have these problems. Five to 10 years, we're going to be, excuse me, in deep shit trouble because we don't pay attention to climate change. And I have to look directly at Donald Trump right now because he's not involved with it. He doesn't believe in climate change. He's taken the United States out of many things that supported those seeking remedies for climate change. Uh, And why did he do it? Because he supports corporations, corporate America, the electric companies, the fuel companies, the power companies. He wants them to make money. He doesn't care that they're making money uh, at the expense of the public because we're ruining, we've ruined the atmosphere. He doesn't believe that in the Antarctic, the, the, the ice masses are breaking off. 
He doesn't believe that here in Key West, our water level's going up every year. Not a hell of a lot, an inch or two, but it's enough. Think over 10 years, that's 20 inches. All right? Our beaches are going to be gone here. We know this down here. Our oceanside beachfront homes are going to be gone down here. Uh, and that's going to happen all over the coast of Florida and in other places uh, because we're not taking care of climate change, and that ice keeps melting, keeps making the water level higher, and we got all kinds of problems. Now, the United Nations put out another report today uh, in conjunction with their climate change report, and this was interesting. It said that the atmosphere has globally averaged concentrations of carbon dioxide reaching record-breaking 407.8 parts per million in 2018. Now, I don't know what the hell that all means, globally averaged concentrations of carbon dioxide reached record-breaking 407.8 parts per million in 2018. All I know is this is the contributing factor, carbon dioxide, uh, this is the greenhouse gas we, we have a problem with. And this report also said that 2018 was the highest year ever, the highest year ever for carbon dioxide emissions. And it surpassed the previous highest year, which was only 2017. What is the man saying? Greenhouse gases are causing the problem to get larger, larger, and larger. The temperatures go up and up and up. And we're not doing anything about it, and it's up to our president to lead us to do something about it. Now, I told you I wasn't going to stay with Trump completely tonight. We're going to talk about cockfighting. How's that? Cockfighting. Uh, I've never been to a cockfight, uh, but I've been near him, I guess. Uh, cockfighting was a big deal here in the lower uh, Florida Keys and in the Key West area, five, ten miles out of town about five years ago. They arrested people who were, they were keeping cock chickens who were going to be cockfighters at farms and training them, you know, sharpening up their nails, sharpening up their beaks and making fighters out of them. And they were also holding uh, matches where people pay to go and they gamble on which, which cock is going to win the fight, who's going to slit whose throat. That's what it amounts to. Uh, but it's really been outlawed. It's outlawed in the United States. These, some people went to jail for that five years ago. I haven't heard anything about it since, nor heard any rumblings on the street that they're, they're hey, you want to see a cockfight? Uh, haven't heard it. Would hear it. Haven't heard it. <coughs> so I guess they're not here. But, but they're a big deal in Puerto Rico. Makes sense. You have to understand, cockfighting is a Spanish thing. Key West, many Cubans, many Bahamians came here to live. They brought cockfighting with them. Puerto Ricans, many Puerto Ricans here. <clears throat> and that's a, sort of uh, something that they enjoy, cockfighting down there in Puerto Rico, as we enjoyed it once in this country. Well, no more. Recognize that Puerto Rico is not a state. We all know it. It is a territory of the United States, though. We own Puerto Rico. It is a territory of the United States. Congress passed a law recently that as of December 20th, this year, December 20th, cockfighting in the territories of the United States is prohibited, forbidden, no more 
goodbye. That's it, unless you do it illegally. Let's talk about Thanksgiving and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Good show tonight, isn't it? I wanted to give you something that was all over the place because I get sick and tired of hearing about Trump all day and talking about Trump all day and writing about Trump every morning when I do my blog. Frank, the Thanksgiving, as you probably noted or if you didn't, is always the fourth Thursday of November, the fourth Thursday of November. Why is it the fourth Thursday of November? Because in the 1930s, Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, we got to have a fixed day for Thanksgiving. Uh, it was, you know, some day in November, but never a day certain. So he signed a bill officially establishing the fourth Thursday in November as Thanksgiving. Good. Now, Previously, two other great Americans, early Americans, had something to do with Thanksgiving. Alexander Hamilton, after the Revolutionary War, uh, said there should be a day, a Thanksgiving day, and we should all eat turkey on that day. Scouts on there. And people started eating turkey. Uh, because I still question whether during that first Thanksgiving, what was it, 1629 or something, in Massachusetts, the Indians and, and, the, and the pilgrims, whether they had turkey. I do a lot of reading. They had a lot of fish. <laughs> they had some deer. But I don't know if they had a lot of turkeys. Anyhow, uh, then comes Abraham Lincoln. It's 1863. He's delighted that the Union, uh, they're doing a pretty good job out there in the Civil War. They won't uh, win it till, for two more years till 1865. But he thought that the, the Union had just had a major victory someplace, that there should be a day of Thanksgiving. So Abraham Lincoln, technically, he's the president who gave us Thanksgiving Day, but he didn't say the fourth Thursday. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, the fourth Thursday in uh, November every year. He just said in November we're going to have a day of Thanksgiving. And then it was followed up years later by FDR, who said it is the fourth Thursday. We're going to talk about Christmas. How's that? Do you know, think for a second, Christmas is less than one month away. Today is November 26th. Christmas December 25th. Christmas is 29 days away. Okay, less than one month. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing how these two holidays come close together. Black Friday's going to come, and already we're seeing all this advertising on TV, on the Internet, and there, there's some terrific sales out there. Absolutely. I'm considering buying. I saw it on TV. Uh, Amazon. Amazon has a $29 uh, laptop. $29 laptop. If you want it with more features, it's 49 If you want it with all the buttons, it's 99 Still cheap. Still cheap. Uh, good sales. Good sales. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving. Because what's Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is the day after tomorrow. I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope all of you have the benefit to be with some family. It's good if you can. If not, good friends. If not, sit back, read a good book, enjoy your day, and try not to think about being lonely. And that's the way it goes. I've shared all of those days, type days, so I understand. But in any event, I extend a general warm, very warm 
a happy Thanksgiving to one and all. Now we're going to Casablanca, and I'm talking about the movie Casablanca. You know, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, what a movie. I love Casablanca. Casablanca is considered one of the greatest movies, one of the best movies ever made. In fact, in some listings where who was the number one movie, number five, number 50th movie, Casablanca's number one. Casablanca opened uh, opened uh, on a day this week in, in, in 1942 in all the movie theaters in the United States. Again, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman. Uh, some great lines in the movie. Absolutely fantastic lines. I want to share three of them with you because we all remember them, and occasionally you might utter one of them. You know, uh, here's, Ingrid, uh, here's uh, Humphrey Bogart looking in Ingrid Bergman's eyes saying, all right, here's looking at you, kid. How's that? Here's looking at you, kid. I love that line. Or Claude Rains, who was playing the police chief or the police captain, and whenever something happened and some arrests had to be made, he didn't care if he was arresting the culprits. He just had to arrest somebody to keep the record straight, and he would say to his to his to those below him, round up the usual suspects, round up the usual suspects. But the best line of all, the absolute best, Best line of all comes at the end of the movie. It's the last line in the movie. Uh, Humphrey Bogart and Claude Rains, uh, they're at the airfield. It's nighttime. There's a mist. They're walking into the mist, uh, and they're very close together. And what they're doing, uh, because the Germans are going to take over tomorrow, and they'll probably both get shot, especially Humphrey Bogart, and they're going to join the French underground, or somewhere in the mountains of North Africa. And Bogart says to Claude Rains, he says, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Best line in the movie. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Let me tell you something about that line. That is not how the movie ended originally. The movie ended originally with... Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart getting on the airplane and leaving Paul Henry all alone to get arrested by the Gestapo. And then when the movie was done, uh, Hollywood said, this ain't going to fly with the people we don't think at the box office. So they decided to change the ending and do what we all know now, Claude Rains, Humphrey Bogart, walking off into the mist. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. The only trouble was Humphrey Bogart was working on a film in Europe and couldn't get back. So what they did was, that isn't Humphrey Bogart that you see in the movie at the end. It's another actor, and he's just walking with Claude Rains, and somehow they got Bogart's voice. I don't know how they did it, but they got an interposed Bogart's voice to say, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, On this day in 1941, this day in 1941, November 26th, the Japanese task force left Japan for Pearl Harbor. On this day, the Japanese task force uh, left for Pearl Harbor, and Pearl Harbor was December 7th. Going to talk quickly about Dracula. Terrific show tonight, isn't it, folks? Dracula. Who the hell was Dracula? Where did Dracula come from? Well, in 1475, 1476, there was a king by the name of Vlad, V-L-A-D the third. And he was the ruler of Wallachia, Wallachia, which is now Romania. 
okay, or became Romania. And he was known as Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler, why? Because he was mean. He loved to see people suffer. He loved to see his enemies suffer. And what he would do, he would have them impaled when he captured them. The pole went up their ass and came out their mouth. That's what he did to everybody. <laughs> he was considered disgusting, despicable, and bloody, okay? Now, <laughs> really cruel. Uh, now came... 1897, a fellow by the name of Bram Stoker, wrote the novel Dracula. And he was inspired uh, with the, for the name. The name Dracula he derived somehow from Vlad because it was the name of the vampire, okay, Count Dracula. And that's how Count Dracula, Dracula got his name from Vlad III, who impaled his enemies. That, my friends, is the show for this evening. That's my Thanksgiving show. How's that? I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing the show. I'm glad you, I'm glad you come. You stop by and listen. Uh, I know more and more of you are listening every week. It thrills me. I love the numbers. Um, it's, my, it's an ego booster. What can I tell you? Anyhow, thank you, and please come back again next week. In the meantime, again, I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving.